We should have a um, bit at the start of the episode. Like, you know, listeners are advised that there is a Scar song in this episode. <laughs> That's very really good, yeah. If, if you feel like you're not in a place right now to listen to that, then you can just skip that. <laughs> there, are, there are discussions of Scar and Scar theme related things in this episode. If you feel like you're yeah. not in a place where you can pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Yeah. Um, working at a factory there's a man from the east who now runs the whole company we are hottest 100s and thousands and we are taking control of your radio station this is the podcast podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the triple j hottest 100 my name is david james young i'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing for the next hour so joining me once again it's nathan harrison hi it's adam buncher hey it's andrew mcdonald hola hola well, everyone already said the highs and the haze. That's a oh, Reba. Oh, damn it! I might cancel this. <laughs> yeah, I think I just questioned it. Man. Okay, apparently I didn't. Yeah. I didn't say one thing or another. I just just well, raising the issue with all. We're all just getting fucking cancelled today. I reckon. Like, we're going to end this show doing blackface. <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> yeah, stop, stop that just one right cranking now. Ryan Adams. Like, also, it's going to be also, a great day. Not to play devil's advocate, but you but... could do a podcast in blackface and not make a thing of that. <laughs> Oh my god! Get away with it! So, oh man, I can't believe you said that on mic. I like, know. I definitely would have said that off mic. <laughs> this is a bad intro, <laughs> Andrew. Thanks, from now on, just say hi. Okay. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> hi. I'm here as well. Oh, all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna reapply my makeup. Uh, and in the meantime, you can listen to number fifty in the 1999 hottest 100. It's the return of the foes. This is a song bigger than Tina. There it is. Coming in at number 50 in the 1999 Hottest 100. Hey, Adam. Yeah. What was that song called? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just, just tried myself. Listening to that hurt my Adam's apple. Can <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I try it again? Yeah. Hell yeah, you can. <laughs> it's giving me fucking... Oh my god! It's making me cringe, man. Yeah. This is like now I'm chocolate there. I hate it. Oliver is in the studio, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All the practicing at home, <laughs> all those bruises. It wasn't worth it. We come in next week. Adam, what'd you think of the song? I thought it was pretty good. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, this is Bigger Than Tina, it's by The Phobes. It is uh, from the soundtrack uh, to an obscure late 90s movie 
of the same name. This is the title song. uh, Which appears to be, uh, from what we've gathered, a mockumentary of sorts. Yeah, it's kind of like pre-office. It's it's sort of Spinal Tap, but like real suburban Australia Spinal Tap about this Australian pop star who who wants to be bigger than Tina Arena. That's yeah, his goal. I, I figured that was the titular yeah. Tina. I figured it wasn't Tina Turner. No. Fuck it. Although oh. she was having a renaissance in Australia in the 90s thanks to being the... Uh, <laughs> the football. Yeah, yeah, the football theme song because she it's covered um, Good Times by Johnny O'Keefe. Honestly, though, fucking... I haven't seen the film, but fucking tight idea for a movie. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And even... I, we should all watch it. But, yeah. like, the trailer alone it? had everybody in it. It was a yeah, real, like... If you, if you watch the trailer online, like, there is, like, a who's who of hottest 100s and thousands alum... It's mm-hmm. rude they didn't ask us. Yeah, but, right. You know, yeah, but- so you, just to just to list some of them, you got custard. You have the foes themselves. They're in there. Kate Sobrano, Johnny Young, uh, Rebecca's Empire, Rebecca Barnard mm-hmm. from Rebecca's Empire. Uh, yeah. Twenty eight days. Who we will talk about we will soon. Talk about. Sadly, we don't get to talk about Kate Sobrano. Unless someone votes in one of her <laughs> later tracks. <laughs> Fuck, I should have done... I, last year, I should have done Patch by Kate Sobrano. Yeah. Fuck, that song rules. That was like a sexual awakening for your boy growing up. God <laughs> damn. She was horny as hell back then, and she is horny as hell now. Kate Sobrano, my number is 04. <laughs> <laughs> Doxing yourself for a patch. <laughs> Look, I just want to give a small piece of dating advice. If you're gonna, If you're going to solicit... Kate Soprano to slide into your DMs on a podcast. Maybe don't make it the same episode where you say you're wearing blackface. <laughs> okay, Google. <laughs> Is blackface okay with the Church of Scientology? <laughs> Is she a Scientologist? Yes, she is. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> no, no other okay. I mean, you know, so is Beck. So, yeah. so is everyone. Yeah. Like Nathan's literally wearing his Beck shirt today. Yeah, that's true. Oh, boy. Yeah. Anyway, let's get back to noted Scientologists, the Phobes. Don't this... look that up. <laughs> so we talked about the Phobes a few years ago. Uh, dogs are the best people. Self-abuser. No, Dogs are the people. That, that track rules. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. Every couple of months, I'm like, I really, I really want to hear that song. I just crank it at home. Sometimes yeah. I do. Sometimes I'm just out in public, like, I'll be at a gig and it'll be on, like, the pre-show playlist. I'll fucking be like, perfect. fucking hell this yeah. This is so good. Yeah. It's tight as hell. So it's nice to see them again. I feel like they've they've grown a bit and changed a bit. This is a bit like kind of poppier and, and dancier. Yeah. His voice seems to have gotten more fovesy over time. Yeah. <laughs> is um, it just me or does his voice bear some kind of resemblance to the old mate from Mumford and Sons? Uh, How dare you, sir? I'm I not, enjoyed this song. I'm not... I, <laughs> It's, this is like it, 10 years uh, before Mumford and So Sons. you're saying this is proto-Mumford and Sons. I am not, <laughs> and would never. I get where you're coming from. Yeah, it's just, there's just a certain shade of gravel that's going on in the yeah, voice. Yeah, his voice is a bit raspier than it has been in the past. Yeah, there, I think the, what I love about the raspiness of his voice, it, it contrasts so violently. With, with the, the vocoder, yeah. Oh, no, no, I, I actually think the vocoder is the one part, so I don't really dig. But like... The jointiness of the song set aside with his raspiness works so well yeah, together. Yeah, it's a really nice dynamic because it, it's so fun and light and yeah. whatever, but his voice is, is not. It's so... Even, even though, yeah. But just, I love this song a lot. It's, it's really good. It's so, I like, really enjoy it. It's real rock in the suburbs vibe. Like, yeah. it's real yeah, kind of that. Yeah, yeah, mediocre yeah. success kind of thing. Because the lyrics just seem to be about this guy, like, going and playing his music in supermarkets yeah. and yeah. pizzerias. Piping my song yeah. through the supermarket Oh, my God, speaker. the fucking slant rhymes in that chorus. Oh. Oh, the great... Aria. Yeah. Uh, Holding in the, the air, Aria. winning the Aria. Oh, <laughs> God <laughs> damn. 10 out of 10. But even the first line. time it comes through is like... 
maybe there's food in the freezer yeah. <laughs> bigger than Tina. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's food in the freezer. Like, that's the success. That's yeah. food yeah. in the yeah. freezer, yeah. baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, We've like got the Coles the playlist. Yeah. <laughs> We've got to start using that. He's bringing home well, the bacon and he's putting it in the freezer. That's exactly. what he's doing. I respect it's, the hell out of that. And just that with all the, like, you know, I, for age, I was, I was too scared of being happy. I'm going to chase my dreams and all this stuff. And the secret is integrity. <laughs> yeah. It's spot on, right? Yeah. It's just Bloody so good. spot on. That's it, something we can all enjoy. Like, the content of the song, I think, reflects the idea of the foes very well in terms of being, like, like they're, it's very good, but also the foes don't want to do, like, a tour of Europe. They're, they're ours and it rules. Yeah. Like, they feel like... Homegrown, sincere, yeah, fun Australian, and this is the song represents those kind of ideas as well. It kind of feels like Custard have played around with it too. Like there's definitely a ceiling for a lot of these bands at this time that you can have this kind of success and be in Hottest 100 multiple times and be touring Australia all the time. But but that's it. Yeah. You're never gonna break anywhere else, and, and which, that- which, which is fine. Yeah, like, the goal of art shouldn't be to commercialise yourself to the point where you can fucking do a sold-out tour of Europe. No. You should be writing the music you want to write, and the foes do that. And that's like, like this is heaps of fun. Again, I do th- there's something about... I, the the Bigger Than Tina vocoderie bit actually doesn't really sit well with me. I don't know. I, it always kind of pisses me off a little. But it's... No, I'm sorry. No, no, no. That's fine. <laughs> what, that, watching you belt your throat gave me cringe in a disgust... Oh. <laughs> Skin crawling. Um, right. But th- like, sorry we'll about have to that. Do it too. by the end of the episode. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> I'll quit um, again. Please, <laughs> yeah, please. please yeah, yeah. Take right. Take Andrew. Please. We've replaced you before. We can do it again. But it's just a fun, jaunty, short. Doesn't wear out. It's welcome for an obscure movie. Of course, soundtrack hours. The, yeah. the, the voting public loves soundtrack. it. Soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's been. It's contractually obliged to be here because it's been in a movie soundtrack. But like, do do, do you think the voters? Like knew about the film was that like a? I think if you look, Triple J would have been pumping this. Yeah, if you look at the trailer to the film and who was involved in it, it definitely, I think, would have had Triple J backing. Yeah, and the Triple J listening audience would have probably gone in for it Mm. in a pretty big way. And it seems like the film was fairly well regarded. If you look it up on IMDb, there's only two reviews, and they're both pretty good. Well, that's a that's a hundred percent success rate. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, like seven out of ten and eight out of ten. RT score, Nathan. Oh, I didn't find that. I did not check that. Um, But in the meantime, like, I I think there's also something really nice about the experience of listening to a song from a movie soundtrack before you see the movie. I don't know whether you guys ever had this as, like, as, like, kids or whatever, but I purchased movie soundtracks in the 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 lead, like, the, like, as hype, you know, yeah, and you listen to it heaps and you think, oh, what would be happening in the movie (laughs) now? And then you you see it and you're like, oh, it's music inspired by Batman Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think it's nice to try and see how much a movie soundtrack song does or does not kind of go with the feeling of the film or, or what the film's trying to do or the themes of the film or whatever. Because sometimes, it's you know, it is definitely working against that in certain ways. But, you know, that also can reveal the film or the song in various different lights when the, you, you take those two pieces of art together in comparison. So... You know, like, I, when I hear this song, I think about what the film would be like, and I think, like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like a weirdo, offbeat, mm. cult film. Um, and the Rotten Tomatoes score for that film is... No results found. Okay, there you go. <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> exactly what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Proper, proper cult That's film. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess, I guess like, um, let us know if you've heard 
Oh, if you've watched it, yeah. but also we should watch it. Yeah, if you uh, I'm part of our Patreon. Yeah, I'm, I'm bonus sure, I'm episodes. Not, I'm not sure about the like. Like I've mentioned this in a few episodes, but I, my favorite thing to like my favorite kind of creation of art is art that you make when you're small, but then if you get big, you realize that you've you're in a litigious situation where you can get sued over it. <laughs> so uh, what I'm saying is, I'll try and get a download of the movie, and we'll, I'll Twitch stream it, and we'll, and we'll shoot the shit and watch the movie together. Well, you still haven't watched. Uh, this will get loud. get loud. This will get loud. Get loud. Yeah. I thought it was like it Lord. Get loud. It yeah. It's like Lord of the Rings. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what was the film you were yeah, watching? Yeah, that that, um, that famous film we know and love. The film clip to Jennifer Lopez's "Let's Get Loud." <laughs> oh hell yeah! Wasn't we that the soccer soccer one? Because like to, it was the oh, theme yeah. song for the well, cup or to, some shit. We had to um in in year six. I'm not sure if listeners have seen me in the flesh, but it might surprise you to know that I am not a super big sports dude. Um, <laughs> And you were talking about put, Arsenal this morning, yeah, true. so um, but like anyway, so I, I never liked PE because I'm a human being. And in year six PE, they made it even worse somehow, where we had to learn the samba and the song that we had was "Let's Get Loud." <laughs> so like, you, they were making a bunch of like twelve year old, eleven and twelve year olds, and like particularly like as, like, as a super nerdy eleven and twelve year old, I was not comfortable. Like shaking those hips, shaking those hips, and yeah. also holding, like, leading a dance with a woman, like, or a man. But like, I'm not, I, I, I didn't have the confidence to like put my hand on my crush's hip at 11 oh, years old. Jesus a, Christ, it's a so, lot. Insane. Anyway, that, yeah, yeah I still, that's why. Let's get loud. That's exactly what I think about. So, so that's um, even what's his, what's his name, Mr. Edwards. If you're listening, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know in a five star. <laughs> Your your hatred of Samba makes me think that you should be saying Ola even less. Yeah. <laughs> and number 49, this is Area 7 with Second Class Citizen. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up! Well, I don't know what you think we do without time. Do you think we don't know what's wrong or what's right? Hottest 100 coming in at number 49. That is the song Second Class Citizen. It comes from their album Bitter and Twisted. Oh boy, I'm very excited to talk about this. And you're one. out of breath because you've been skanking. <laughs> like, let's just, let's just. Yeah, full disclosure. I've been skanking in blackface. Adam. Yeah, hi. I'll, just, I'll try and bring this back. This is the dawning of a new era. Welcome to Area 7. What are your collected, composed, articulate uh, critiques, thoughts, and, and uh, further discussion on the song Second Class Citizen by the band Area 7? Well, I'll tell you, David, but first, a little bit more about the band Area 7. It may come as a shock to learn that Area 7 came 
after the dissolution of a madness cover band. True. <laughs> named Mad, but not Madness. <laughs> Try again. Like, just give it a... <laughs> First drafts are fine, but they're first drafts for a reason. I would say tribute band, leave them alone. <laughs> but it's like, if you're starting a tribute band, there is your chance to make, the, you know, like to go ham on witty names. Yeah. Like, did, did I tell you guys earlier this year I interviewed the guitarist from an all female Led Zeppelin uh, tribute band? You did, but do tell us the name of that band. Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Nice. It's excellent. <laughs> Just see, there we go. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, some good shit. That's, have, have some pride in your work. Exactly. <laughs> There's a really, this is a, a very, very niche get, but um, the 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 goth band Sisters of Mercy is a tribute band to them, run by a bunch of by by all trans goths, and they're called Misters of Cersei, which I think is I very like fucking that. good. Very yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, that's very good. So they then changed their name and became Area 7 properly. And it was uh, from those lyrics that you quoted, David, from a special song. Yes, uh, this called- is a dawning. Of a new era. They, you don't need to hear it now. Which the, which they actually <laughs> covered uh, and uh, put on. It was a B side for their single "Leave Me Alone," which came out I think in two thousand one, two thousand two. It was on their next album. Say it to my face. Would you like to quote the line that they take their name from? No, because I want people to listen to the song. Okay. I want, I, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow. A, it's Scar Season. B, the specials are a fucking great and important the spe- band. The, the specials rules. Like, yeah, I'm, exactly. I, I'm the Scar Detractor and the specials rule. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, what I, the lyrics that I will quote then are some of the lyrics from this song. The government's making new laws all the time. <laughs> we try to tell them that being young's not a crime. We try to tell them, but they just don't care. This fucked up system's so unfair. Pretty soon, we won't have any rights. You know, I, I just want to quickly interrupt and say literally any lyric will sound stupid if you're going <laughs> to recite them that condescendingly. But also, let me say... But uh, also... <laughs> if, if you want to get it even better, you can go with the censored version where this mucked up system is so unfair. <laughs> oh, there we go. Mucked this, up. The system is so mucked. Oh. <laughs> uh, look, I, I'm going to unmuck the system. <laughs> I, just, I just find that I very funny. That <laughs> I loved this song heaps as a kid. Mm. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Because okay. I, I this, this was on the... This was on the Compilation here from this year's Ross 100, ah, which is my first one of that I got. I was a 10 year old. I didn't know what Scar or punk rock was or sort of third wave Scar kind yeah. of thing. Um, so I just thought this was fun, energetic. I liked the the first part of it before I stopped doing the upstrokes. I'm like, obviously, this, this is another that like. It's more just straight punk. Yeah, right? and, and, yeah, and this is another sign of like all my life I was looking for punk rock before I found punk rock like and that was like what this song was one another one step in that kind of lineage for them to play this now would be insane <laughs> um, but, but but obviously also they would have to like their, their breakthrough hit they have to play if so I'm live but also like as a 10 year old those lyrics were fun oh like, totally yeah as a, like, as a cynical 30 year old they're dorky as sin but like yeah. That isn't who the audience is. Yeah, right? exactly. Right. It's a very like broadly anti-authority song, but like I feel like so um, the best ones like "I Fought the Law" or "Killing in the Name of." You can apply that to so many different things. It's not meant to be like a very articulate dissection of like, oh well, here's what's wrong with the Howard government. It's just like, <laughs> no, fuck you. It's a fuck you song. That's no, but, it. But it, it's more of a flip you song. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. But it's still, because like, the threat is like, if you keep pushing us, you think we've got to figure it out sooner or later. We're gonna shout at you. I don't want to be a second class citizen. Yeah, it's like that's not like, a threat. No, those those <laughs> things aren't connected. It won't be long before you hear a shout. Because I don't want to be a second... Uh, okay. He's not saying, before you hear a shout, I don't want to be a second-class no, citizen. He, he, no. They're broken up sections. No, they do, no. They're not connected. <laughs> they're fully connected in my head. Before you hear us shout, 
because I don't want to be a second class citizen <laughs> is the phrase he's going to shout like going up to the government and he's going because I don't want to be a second class citizen how can you call me <laughs> this is democracy manifest <laughs> sir this is a hungry jacks <laughs> <laughs> You gotta order something or get out, man. <laughs> it is fun thinking about the the kind of prejudice that they're talking about in in the song isn't because they're young; it's just because they're in a ska band. <laughs> <laughs> like soon, soon we won't have any I mean, rights. I, yeah, totally, totally, you know, man. Second class citizen, like you know, I agree. I think like some kind of ska apartheid state is worth exploring. Ska <laughs> apartheid. Oh. Ska apartheid. <laughs> <laughs> or a scartide. A scartide, yeah. You can't do blackface. You can't do... Now, here's why apartheid might work. With scars. Yes. <laughs> but look, you're so right about the, the energy and, you know, like, what it's, it, what it's playing with or whatever. Like, yeah, it is, exactly. It, I'm here to be critical. And I've done that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say, like, sure, but I'll let all that slide because it is, like, just, it's it's heaps of fun and it's it's pretty, like, unassuming. It needs way more horns. I'm going to put that in there. Yeah, I want, yeah. It's, I don't it's, want... <laughs> it's one of the least horny songs on the album. Right. I it's mean, definitely like, more of a punk song than a ska song. Definitely. And when it comes to ska, you know, like, this has got horns at a four. I want horns at a 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want horns at a 12 for, I like, believe... most of my songs. Do we, we talk about Area 7 again? A <laughs> couple more times. Yeah, yeah. this yeah, countdown? Cool. I uh, don't think so. Not till next year. Oh, yeah. But I also want to say how cool it is that Area 7 are an Australian ska band. If there's a global... Australia's mu- premier ska band. Exactly. <laughs> and if there is a global musical trend that people are really behind, it's super cool that a band steps up and presents that at a local grassroots level in a way that just kind of like... You don't need to reinvent the genre. You don't need to do anything huge. You just need to be there, be present, and serve the genre and the tropes of that genre and why people are attached to that genre in a way that people can connect to. And I think they've done that. And I think that in itself is super valuable and cool. And also, like, the production of the song sounds exactly like a third wave Scar song. It doesn't doesn't sound like an Australian take on Scar. It it sounds like these guys would be opening for less than Jake and everyone would be like, oh, yeah. Totally. I didn't know they were Australian until until I checked it. I was like, oh. Really? Yeah. I'd only ever, like, seen them on compilations or whatever and it's like, oh, right, they're Australian. But that's the kind of thing, right? It starts with that and then if if that global trend, that global musical genre continues to be in favour... If Scott keeps going up. Yeah, if these trends continue, <laughs> right, <laughs> then you can start to pick up, pick up, pick up other elements that are more idiosyncratic to your locality. Yeah. And then you start to, you know, like you, you create a distinctly Australian Scar kind of thing. I think the exception to that, though, is like Australian hip hop. Oh, let's say, the, well, the, 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 well, like the risk of it is that you get like you get like that Australian grime, which is the worst thing in the world. Australian grime. Don't look it up. Okay. It's you'll get depressed and sad. Okay. Yeah. Sweet. It's the it's the worst music ever. Actually, look it up. It's funny. <laughs> it's worth getting sad. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> but like Australian hip hop, like what we more refer to when we talk about that, like that was different from the get go. So I think mm. it's worth saying that that was always a, an interesting thing. And I think, but I think like culturally speaking, there's more at play in terms of, like, taking hip-hop and, and doing it locally than there is in terms of just, like, doing Scar. 
Totally, so totally. But I think also interesting, like Australian hip hip hop from the get go, as you said, is is quite different. I think they it was a real uphill battle because of that. Yeah, yeah. Like, definitely. There wasn't an Australian hip hop song that charted until two thousand and one. Yeah, and it's why it's remained more of a as a genre. It's remained a hometown hero as opposed to anything that the international community has yeah. kind of got on board. because even now super, it's still yeah, I think like, even, a lot of people even are really changing. Dismissive. Like Hilltop Hoods can sell out in Europe. Like TK can they? Oh hell yeah, they can. They've got a huge audience like all around there huh. um like tk meidzer does really well sampa. overseas sampa remy like i think that like in the last couple of years that's really picked up in particular and it's a it's a really awesome thing to see so much um homegrown american culture americans are super super protective of like mm. so many like and like it's, it's like american uh, jazz enthusiasts for a long time really looked down on Japanese and European jazz musicians and bands, even though they yeah. were doing experimental and beautiful music. Um, and it's, it's super with hip hop as well. If somebody like shares like like a Skepta song on Reddit, kind of like that, I'm like, what's his fucking voice about? Blah 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 blah. Because they're mm. so protective of hip hop. And, and look, I, I think and keep, I, I, given I, the I, origins, given that... the origins, I understand it. And same yeah. with jazz, and same with blues. Totally. I get it. But like, for now, yeah. In the meantime, you know, <laughs> it's, here's here's a nice little slice of uh, of Australian ska. It is fun. If you're it's in a ska, you'll be in this. But it's also fun. I'll see Ish. you in the pit. Yeah. <laughs> Number forty-eight. This is the living end with West End. to the Hottest 100, coming in at number 48 with the song West End Riot. Yet another song from the band's self-titled debut album, which is widely regarded and rightly so as an Australian classic. Nathan, you are a man from the West? Yeah. Are we all? I guess so. I mean, class-wise, we definitely are, and this song well, is a lot about class. Well, Adam's um, from Perth. Yeah, I had a question <laughs> about that. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, but also, so in, in like... Eastern Australian cities, you know, Brisbane, Sydney, Wollongong, yeah. Melbourne. You? The eastern suburbs are generally, the not posh. always, but generally the posher ones, they're closer to the water, to the beach. And you say way out west. Way out like, west. Uh, is, are you about to ask me about Perth? Well, is it flipped there? I was born there. I, I don't. I thought you were quoting Bane. For a <laughs> <laughs> I was born in you Perth. Were, yeah. Merely visited. So, Adam, are you a living end fan? Oh. <laughs> I mean, of course, but I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't spend enough time. You didn't develop class consciousness in Perth. <laughs> Not in the first what a couple of years All of right. my look. It's there. it's something that yeah. is pretty easy for us to check. Was, was um, it a nice, was a nice place to grow up for um, you? <laughs> <laughs> 
I also Sorry. have a question. Why does he wear the mask? <laughs> Well, if you find out, or I could find out very easily, but you know. Or, dear listener, you could tell us via a five star review. Exactly. Tell us about the suburbs of Perth. Leave us an essay about. Conversely, um, I think we have some Adelaide listeners. Is it a north-south thing in Adelaide? Because mm. no, the east and west in this is explicitly about Melbourne's east and west. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And as a kid, I didn't think that. I didn't know that at all. And I, in my head, I think I must have heard this song around the time that I saw the Mad Max movies. So in my head, the battleground I'm talking about, I'm picturing like a Thunderdome thing. And I wasn't picturing just kids pissing about on their gu- pikes with, cu- with cap yeah. guns. And then to also towards the end when he has the guitar solo, it's kind of like a Morricone-esque thing yeah yeah, yeah. I, I fully and like west end i'm thinking like western like i'm fully picturing like a fucking sci-fi battleground in this song i still think about it now when i read nice. the song i'm like yeah That's man cool. beyond thunderdome too <laughs> i'd say this is probably my favorite living end song it was definitely my favorite on the album as a kid i fucking yeah, love it yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. you got on record saying that yeah. before oh, so it's terrific exciting that we're here yeah it's just so good like it's just beautiful storytelling like you really get the sense of these kids like play fighting yeah. and then just like mm. the second verse with the bum on the street that you kind of, you're like do I recognize that guy it's like really beautifully bringing in that idea of of just like history and and cycles of generations and stuff Chris Cheney talked about his family being a working class family and his I think his granddad or his great granddad telling stories of like being unemployed during the Great Depression and watching all these people who still had jobs and stuff come home and all that stuff. And it's like, yeah, that's. I think that's all in this song in mm. a really beautiful way that's not... It's not overwritten. It, like, it doesn't feel like an overtly political song like Second Class Citizen or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just like, it's beautiful writing. I, yeah. I think it's really, yeah. really good songwriting. And then obviously, like all the time with Living End, the band just kills it the whole yeah, way yeah the the slap bass in this in particular is fucking booming he is beating the shit out of that upright like it is yeah. so vicious and the drumming's tight as hell I and then the it. gang vocals in the yeah, court like yeah. it's huge like it's so iconic yeah. that last time yeah yeah Scott Owen's always been good for that. Just yeah. a good shout. Like, he's not a great singer, but he can give you a fucking solid oi. Yeah. Like, I've always <laughs> loved that about him. One thing I did want to talk about with this song is, like, what do you think of Chris Cheney? The first thing anyone goes is, fuck, he's a shit-hot guitar player. Even the song, Living In songs that are shit, the guitar is fucking fire <laughs> yeah. because he's that fucking good of a player. Like, he can make anything sound red-hot. But what we don't ever talk about is Chris Cheney as a songwriter and as a storyteller. This is a song about storytelling and it's about character and it's about creating these environments for you to envision in your head. And that is not something that we give Chris Cheney enough credit for, in my opinion. There are certain songs where he does that really, really well. Obviously, he's a guitar player first and foremost. He will live and die by that. But there's something really cool about the way he depicts this story. Like, even though, like you said, it is ostensibly about Melbourne, it could be about anyone it could be about anywhere it could be about anything it could be just like oh yeah this reminds me of like this part of my neighborhood or this part growing up or like this place i visited or something like that like it's broad enough that you can put that in your head but it's also direct and personal enough to chenny himself that he can like put it out there with a like a lot of conviction and i think that deserves a lot of credit like in in terms of this song the cleverest thing about the songwriting for me is uh, the way he plays with stakes. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In that yeah. the kids 
play fighting in this song carries so much more weight mm. and so much more stakes than people who are, you know, cl- the class disparate section right at the end. Yeah. yeah. yeah that's the whole emotional kind of that's... hit with it, but it's so much lower stakes. Mm. The big stakes is like, no, 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 we have to go and we have to beat these guys from the other suburbs, you know, in this Capcom fight. And it really connects into the what is something that's really, really beautiful about childhood is the way that things can matter. Mm. And the way that it's like, what becomes life or death for you as a kid? And it's so much about, you know, what you put onto things imaginatively. But like that Capcom fight for a kid, of course, that's the biggest high stakes things in the world. Like, so when Chris is writing that as a high stakes event, he's writing from the point of view as a kid. And that excitement and that energy and whatever, that that is an honest childhood point of view of what that event actually is it's super clever and it's all it's so great as well that like in that first verse when he says um our town becomes a battleground and at yeah. the time you're like yeah like yeah like because you're like yeah we got to beat the kids from the east or whatever yeah but then like when it gets to the end there and you realize that like like our town becomes a battleground carries so much more weight mm. when you like look at it because that's i mean you know, class, right? to like, put yeah. our marxist hats on that's the real violence that, yeah is, yeah is the <laughs> The one dude that owns the factory. What if you not had yeah. your Marxist hat? <laughs> You're wearing a red shirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like that, that's, that's the real violence. Yeah. One guy owns the factory and another yeah. guy is struggling, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, but, it's a very, it's a super fucking guy. I love this song. It's so great knowing that I loved it as like a 10 year old and then like I'm 30 and I have this deeper appreciation for it. And I still, but, the, but it still hits the exact same pressure points for why I love it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. so like you, your relationship to oh, the song God, oh, God, actually, <laughs> actually matches yes. the, the content of the song. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, man. Wow. And this is something else that I, I think really uh, occurred to me about living in songwriting and about good songwriting in general which is exemplified in this song is writing a song for the first time you hear it and then writing a song for the hundredth time you hear it yeah. and I think that it's best exemplified in a moment in the way that the very first riff you hear has the descending melody line of the chorus yeah. and you don't know that the first time you listen to it but the, you know when you know the song and you come back to it again you that gets you amped because you go like oh man I'm automatically starting thinking about what's coming and how much I enjoy that moment yeah so I think like you know the this this reward for people who don't know it and then this different kind of reward for people who do and then even like because you know we kind of talked about how the songwriting is so good it's not always about the guitar but the guitar is still amazing like yeah. oh, the yeah. second half of that solo where he starts reintroducing the kind of the melodic motifs or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you get that descending thing. It's just all about bringing everything. It's all just cycles. Like, it's generations on generations and everything keeps happening again and again. Mm. Like, it's beautiful. The shape in that in that solo, like, it's good. I feel like we, we always... Well, some people in the room always shit on guitar solos. And then when songs we like come up, we're like, oh, the solo is so good. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. it when is good. When your team's winning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. And number 47, this is Blur. With coffee and TV. The big two. <laughs>
are here at number 47 in the 1999 Hottest 100. We are talking about Blur once again. It's a song called Coffee and TV. It is one of their best known songs, so naturally Nathan has never heard of it. Uh -huh. I feel like Blur is just like this trauma thing for me of David <laughs> yelling at me for not knowing songs. I knew this song a bit. A bit. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I'm aware of Coffee and TV. Oh, there we go. And I assumed yeah. there'd be a song about those yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so today's discussion about the song is going to be split into two parts. The first part, we are going to talk about the song itself. Coffee? Oh. Yes, <laughs> or coffee, if you will. And then, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. literally TV, because we have to talk in depth about the music video. One of the greatest music videos of all time. Firstly, let's talk about this song. This is one of my personal favourite uh, Blur songs. It has been since I discovered it. I was kind of worried that this would have OK Go syndrome, where I'm just listening to it separately. It's just like, oh, this isn't as good without the, the visual aspect. But I still get so much out of this song purely just from listening to it. It's a fascinating take on... Like, it's, it's a pop song, but it's also... It feels like someone who's never written a pop song being like... Write what you think a pop song is, right? <laughs> and it's just like, okay, well, it's got all this catchy stuff, but also there's, like, an inexplicable, like, organ solo at the end, and, like, it goes for six minutes, and, like, there's a big jam session. Also, our lead singer doesn't sing this song. Like, it's such a weird take on, like, what uh, is a conventional pop song and I think that's why it works because so much of Blur's identity comes through here. They'd been you know kind of experimenting a lot more at this point and one of those key experiments was implementing Graham Coxon, their guitar player their long serving guitar player um, who wanted to take up a bit more creative terrain and this was one of the big steps towards that by giving him his first lead vocal and his first single uh, subsequently I think he does a, a a great job here like he obviously isn't as distinctive and you know like instantly recognizable as Damon Albarn as a vocalist but I think that's why it works it has that really understated kind of delivery and even when he's like hitting those lower notes it, it's kind of that endearing bit like where you in, in like a like a movie or whatever where like the normally awkward guys like doing karaoke for the first time and then like as the song goes on he slowly gets a bit more into it mm. and gets into the swing and the camera work is better and all that sort of shit so like this is him kind of finding his footing and he goes on to have a pretty solid solo career and has made several pretty decent solo records that's one of the things i i really get out of this is like the trajectory of graham in the context not only of blur but of, of him as a songwriter and as a solo artist i feel like everyone else uh you know really locks into the groove like dave and alex like have a great rhythm section here that that driving beat that goes through the whole thing damon like does a great job with the harmonies and the backing vocals and the keys and really adds a lot to this song musically but yeah this is graham's moment and i i would never want to take that away from him because yeah i think it's a, a really really special song it's a really really good one and like i said one of my personal blur favorites it's definitely one of those songs that i knew way before i knew who blur were big partly oh, because sure, partly yeah. because the music video is so iconic yeah, like yeah it was yeah. always being played I really love the the chorus. So the chorus is my oh, favorite part yeah. of the song. Those um, three part harmonies, yeah, they're oh. very very beautiful. The verses, I think, are that they work, but I don't think I have the attachment to the um, what you describe as being endearing. I guess his lack of 
technical proficiency in his yeah. voice. Like that doesn't sit as comfortably with me. But yeah, sure. I think that works perfectly for the tone of despondency that is so characteristic yeah. of the song, though. Because this yeah. is this is a song that Graham wrote about his struggle with alcoholism. Yeah, yeah, right. And specifically coming from a point of view of missing what alcohol enabled him to do. Yeah, saying like you know, oh right, the reason why is because sociability is difficult for me. Like, yeah. that's, that's the lyric. Like, he's talking about how hard it is to relate to people sober. So just give me coffee and TV. Yeah. Give me... I don't want to deal with trying to deal with people. And I think not being proficient vocally communicates a really nice aspect of that. Yeah, no, I, I do. You know I, what I mean? Because if, if he was a rock star about it... No, yeah. You know, but it's vulnerable, right? So, yeah, the technical proficiency is not there, but what is there instead is just honesty and openness and, like, he's just showing up yeah. as himself in both the lyrics and the performance, and I'm yeah. really here for that. This is a deeply sad song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's miserable, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing, right? Like, if you've known people who have had addiction problems and then gotten clean, and that's awesome... But yeah. like those people will know that you're a different person when you're in, when you're a, an alcoholic or a junkie or whatever. Right, yeah. Like when it's like when people who don't get it will be like, well, why would they do that? It's like nobody goes from sobriety to full blown chemical dependency. No, it, mm. you're fulfilling a need. You're fulfilling like, a that need. Did right? something yeah, for exactly. you. Exactly. Like, right. like no, nobody starts drinking because it sucks. You do yeah. it because it's fun or it tastes good or it makes you feel more relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Like, That's and, right. and then obviously that, that barrels on itself and it obviously made him. A, like it fucked his life up good on him I presume he is still sober that's very good yeah, um, yeah. but like I always think like when artists write these kind of songs right and it, it's, this is one of a lineage of these kind of songs does this give him a pain to perform now to have to have, be 20 years removed and perform this song and, and have nostalgia for a song that he wrote for being nostalgic about his alcohol de- dependency, which now he knows is in the past. I would say it wouldn't because I also see a sense of progress in this song. Yeah. I get a this too shall pass vibe from this song yeah, as well. Yeah, you know what definitely. I mean? He's, he's talking about how it's hard at the moment, but I do get a sense that, like, give me coffee and TV. I'm retreating for the moment because I just mm. need this mm. period where I'm so aware of how hard things are to me to be over. Mm. And then I'll be back and I can... Start again, like that's yeah. the other part. Yeah. Start, start things over again, over again yeah. right? That mantra. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the other. That's the other part of it. So I think there's, whilst it's sad, there's also a lot of hope in it. Yeah, mm. I, I think w- as well. Um, over twenty years, he would have been told countless times by people being like, "Hey, that song really, really helped me." Yeah, definitely. I, it, I, I was messed up, and like you I'll really got me through some stuff, and yeah. I think that helps. Can't really say the same for song two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sure there's someone that was like, "Man, like I just need, you know." But when he said "woohoo," I really felt that. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. all those people who did get their head shaved by a jumbo jet. Yeah, yeah, yeah like you know, I like, but I think that helps in terms of that performance because it, it's helping yeah. you. Like you're drawing on more of a connection. Mm. With other people, maybe. What, what's your stance on this obscure this uh, number? I'm glad he's not a more amazing vocalist. I think, like, yeah. he's, he's not yeah, bad. Like if he was over like, singing it, yeah. Like, Top and Hansi. Yeah, no, none of yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, that. Just mariahing that shit. So it's like, no. <laughs> could, yeah. you, could you put some vocoder on that, possibly? <laughs> 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 it's a beautiful song. I didn't mean to sound like I was going in harsh on the no, lack no, no. of you did. expertise. You sound, <laughs> this yeah. guy's trying to get through something, Andrew. Yeah, and frankly, yeah. you're just no. not here for him. Yeah, but, I, 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 but yeah, I, any any final thoughts on the song? I think it's beautiful. Yeah? It's, yeah, it's just a lovely song. I uh, The same way when we were talking about Tender, I hear yeah. traces of like spiritualized in it in terms of that yeah, just I kind of that. longer yeah, rock Yeah, just falling out, yeah. 
you know, just... Because this is one... Yeah, again, this is one of the longer songs in the countdown. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I also think it's worth pointing out, we know that there was a tension within the band at this time. And yeah, yeah, people it was starting wanted, to develop. Damon and Graham both wanted to take this album in vastly different directions. I think it's pretty clear from this song that yeah. Graham wanted to stick with Britpop. Yeah. This is a this is a pretty Brit poppy song. But again, it's be, it's being done on their terms, which oh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that, it's like Blur have always kind of done. That's yeah, true. That, that, I yeah. mean, like Brit pop was a term that was made for Blur. They didn't try and ever yeah, do yeah. Brit pop. Like, but I get yeah. echoes of. Do you remember like a few years ago, all the Pearl Jam tracks we were talking about, and we're like, oh, this is the band trying to figure out. Yeah, what's like next what to do after, in the nineties? Yeah. yeah, after their genre has kind of had its moment. Well, yeah. let the bassist have a song. They did that too. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't as good. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't as good. But I think you know whether or not Blur are we are Britpop. I think it's probably clear to them at this point that the stuff they were writing is not in vogue anymore, and and there's probably some a bit of soul searching or mm. whatever. Mm. Yeah, don't have those the big government kickback money for yeah, Britpop. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kevin. <laughs> Government's making new laws all the time. <laughs> so I've heard. <laughs> okay, that concludes part one. Part two, we have to talk about this goddamn video. This is... Holy shit. Watching this video as a kid, that is, like, some real shit. Like, it's a very confronting video. Like, it starts out very, very cute. And then, you know, it's just like, oh, there's, like, a deranged sex worker and just, like, crazy, like, milk carton murder and just shit going on everywhere. Oh, and that fucking ending. I remember when uh, Tori Amos guest programs like years and years ago she picked this song and she talked about how she cried uncontrollably at the end when she saw this video for the first time because <laughs> Tori like you like, alright? Yeah. Like I kind of get it just because that ending is so bittersweet and beautiful it's just like it's so cheesy but at the same time you're just like fuck you did it little buddy you got him home you fucking did it. And now you get to spend the rest of your life with the hot Strawberry milk, yeah, carton <laughs> chick, yeah, because yeah. she's do, there too. Do we, do we all remember like how old we were when we saw this video? <laughs> Thirty, <laughs> <laughs> probably like we're, we're like t- ten or eleven ish. Yeah, 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 when it came yeah. out. Yeah, sorry, wait, wait, hang sorry hold the fucking fo- You had never seen this video. Adam's not a music video guy. I saw it last night. Holy shit! Because I was reading about this song and yeah. it kept talking about the music video. I was like, oh, I suppose, like, oh, I, oh, I, suppose I better see this How, one. Like, that's impressive. This is not like an everyday, like, oh, it's just the band performing in a room or whatever, you know? Like, it's a pretty, like, notable video. Yeah, yeah but it's who, played at the same time it? as all the other videos. Aha! It was directed. <laughs> was it one of the, was it, was it, was Oh, it, yeah, it? I only saw it yesterday. Here's the best boy. He was the key grip. Was it one of, like, Chris Cunningham or that? Okay, so it was directed by a company called Hammer and Tongs, which also did. Does the, that make, like, they did the, the beer? Hammer and Tongs? No, it'd be very different hammer and tongs. Yeah. Tools? Hammers and tongs? <laughs> Andrew, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that for a song about alcoholism, it's probably not made by My a beer. beer. Company. <laughs> Budweiser presents. Yeah. It wasn't a beer trying to go find yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> That would be That's fucking bleak. Fuck, they should have done that for one of the songs on the Magic Whip. <laughs> Wasn't that a beer ad ages ago? It was no, like you're thinking of the tongue. Oh, the, the tongue. Pulls out of your yeah, mouth and yeah. brings the beer back to Oh, it. that's a fucked yeah. up. And then there's yeah. the powder finger one with the slinky, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's my happiness. Yeah. yeah. So you know, inanimate objects going in search of bands. Things be moving. <laughs> 
<laughs> Alright, so Hammer and Tongs, they're a, uh, they're a production company. They also did the video to Pump It On Your Stereo. And <laughs> later on, mm. in 2005, they also did a little film called Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh. I can see the lineage between these three things. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they were responsible for that film. And then in 2016, one half of Hammer and Tongs, either Hammer or Tongs, mm. um, did uh, the 2016 animated film Sing. Oh, with the singing oh, animals. Kind of oh, with zingers. the illumination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't see it. Mm. I saw a lot of bus ads. I know Nick Kroll plays a German pig, so that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. <laughs> is I'd, it? I'd watch, yeah. I'd watch his yeah. bit. Nick, I love Nick, Nick Kroll plays Dude, a German Nick, pig. If that was Nick the Kroll's film. Nick Kroll's the man. Like, oh. I, I would watch him in anything. German pigs? I don't I think have. I would watch him in anything. I don't, yeah, anyway. Well, that's because you not you don't want it bad enough. That's your problem. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of movies, that part of the reason that this song is in the countdown is because it was on the Cruel Intentions soundtrack. That's right. Yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, there we are. Oh, good shit. But you remember seeing this video? Yeah, I just remember thinking it was like really cool. Just like little like milk box mill- milling about. Having it's called little, Milky. Having a little, oh. having, having a little <laughs> adventure. Yeah. Like getting murked at the end. But then he's an angel. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really a coup. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, I didn't say. Um, but yeah, just, I remember just thinking like it was one of the first times I guess I saw a film clip and I'm like... Oh right, it, it it can be a bit more than just yeah the band mm. performing yeah, yeah. yeah totally yeah, it's really a, well just, made it's it's incredible yeah, it's a like, fantastic yeah. video uh, Jim Henson thing. made Milky nice no shit Milky is pretty much a muppet as in the, the Henson Company or Jim himself Jim Jim Henson was dead at this point yeah, so, so yeah so it was no, the Henson yeah. Company <laughs> yeah well maybe he made I it reckon... from like the sixties and they brought yeah. him back you know <laughs> cryogenically frozen yeah 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 no uh, I reckon so after Jim Henson passed away Brian Henson his son took over so I reckon Brian Henson would have had a hand in it and, he's uh, really cool and they played when they good Muppet joke had a hand in it god <laughs> oh, <laughs> damn it son of a bitch <laughs> fuck you Nathan I thought it was really good it was very good god damn it they uh they gave away replica milkies um <gasps> Uh, at um at a, at a gigs at a, at a gig that they one particular one that they played, mm. um, I think the proceeds went to to charity or whatever. So you um, give them away because they- <laughs> no, no 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 you buy you bought a you bought a thing and you got yeah. a free milk right you okay. buy some merch you, buy you get a milk and yeah. you get a free milk <laughs> the um <laughs> I can fully envision before the gig great, I'll buy this milk carton because it's kind of cool. And then you're like, oh, wait, now I'm going to a gig. <laughs> like, now I have to carry this now thing. I, this is going for this right, and a half hours. Now I have to be responsible yeah, for this, this water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is going to get smooshed in the pit. <laughs> and the real Milky that was used in the clip uh, sold at auction probably for stupid money. <laughs> Fucking hectic stupid money. Yeah. That said, I, w- I would love one. <laughs> it is a good clip. It's mm. a very, very yeah. good video. Yeah. Out, not, of the, out of the five music videos I've seen, uh, it's, uh, it's up there. I'm going to fucking it's clockwork top, top four. <laughs> you keep talking like this, I'm going to fucking clockwork orange you, man. I'm going to sit you down. Oh, God. <laughs> and number 46, this is Bush. This is The Chemicals Between Us. Try to 
Their return to the Triple J Hottest 100 coming in at number 46 in the 1999 countdown. That's the chemicals between us. And of course, we now throw to our resident Bush correspondent, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Oh, See, long, long time, long man. Time, long time, like, Bush correspondent. Now we're de- like, this is a new uncharted territory for me because the only Bush. <laughs> CDs I had I had 16 stone the and first Razor one suitcase. and I also had Razor Blade Suitcase but I didn't really care if there was much because by that time I had discovered that there was more like heavy guitar music in the world than Bush um, <laughs> um, this um, uh, this is from the third record uh, The yeah. Science of Things but also The Science set, of Things yeah but also really? a soundtrack song it's also from Charmed hey, hey. hey. oh god it sounds like it's, it's from Charmed it's very much wrote it for Charmed this is a soundtrack heavy app yeah, the song, Every app is the soundtrack yeah. heavier. Yeah, right? so the, the song called The Chemicals Between Us. Uh, Gavin Rossdale commented on what the song was about. Um, it's about the differences and distances between people. That makes sense. Thanks, Gav. <laughs> Thanks, Gav. Yeah, that tracks. Um, I mean, like, it's not wrong. Yeah, and like, we, like obviously, the, the, they're trying new things. He like sampled beats and some electronic mm-hmm. stuff. I think the production of this song, the, in the note here I wrote, it's... A Cure soundtrack song production call. Yeah, it's super yeah, like that makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I don't even know, man. Like, yeah. do I hate them for this song? <laughs> do I admire them for trying something different? Like, I mean, I, I certainly don't like the parts of the song that I hear. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know. Like, like I've said this before, Bush. Are a they're, your, they're your Beatles, man. They're the, they're bigger than the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Bush exists as this stand-in in my childhood for what heavy music could possibly be, which is insane <laughs> and super funny. That's a good self own. By this time, if I heard this when I was, when this came out, I wouldn't have liked it because I had already got into Presidents of the USA, the band I loved heaps as a child. And like now, like there's just so much going on, but none of it is going on together. <laughs> <laughs> Like they obviously they were trying something new, right? Like yeah. be, just being Nirvana light, obviously couldn't last forever. And now it's nine ninety nine, so like, all right, people make electronic music. Let's chuck some of that in there. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. there are parts it's of this that work, I guess. Like, just yeah. to see if it fits. Like his voice sounds okay, I guess. The, the guitar works okay. The beats are okay, but like, like it's a crap song. For all the changes, he still <clears throat> very much wants us to know how much he fucks. Yeah, he still wrote. Well, he I was mean, with, wouldn't he, you? He was with Gwen He's Stefani Gavin Goddamn Rossdale. Look at him. He was, with, right. he was with Gwen he Stefani. He wakes up in the morning and pisses excellence. Does he piss excellence because he has, like, already too much excellence inside the body and the body can't store excellence? No, so it's it just all gets rid got. of it? It's all, it's all that's going through the system. But you're getting rid of your excellence. That's the, yeah, that's the process you know, of pissing. It's, it's like trees, you know? They breathe in the good shit, you know? I just don't know what kind of body would evolve well, to get rid of its excellence. If, if if it is like a tree where they 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 take in Carbon CO2 yeah. and then do that, but they need the CO2, but they don't really need the oxygen. For Gavin, what he, does he breathe in? Well, so, what, what he what he takes on is on a, a plane above excellence that we can't fathom with. Oh. Is that, that for him, excellence is worth chucking in the dunny. All right. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. Think about it. Yeah. Or, or it's just he's like the opposite. Like for tree, like yeah, he. Takes in crap and yeah. puts out excellence. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, so we all about Gavin Rossdale, but he eats poops and wheeze excellence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we actually. 
People think we were named after Shepherd's Bush, but actually we we were named Bush because I'm a tree. <laughs> Let me tell you about how I process excellence. <laughs> Um, yeah, like, this song is, it's fine, it's no one's favourite Bush song, but, um... Yeah, I reckon like, it is. Oh, statistically, <laughs> yeah, you reckon this is someone's favourite? Yeah, it's gotta be someone's. Yeah. Um, charm stands. Yeah, yeah charm um, stands. True. This is fine, but you can definitely tell it's kind of in a thing where they're just like, oh, will this work? Will this, will this maybe? And then, when they get back together in the, in the 2010s and they start doing stuff again, you can definitely tell it's just like, all right. Fuck that. Let's just do rock music again. We we figured out, hey, you, you guys like those first two records, yeah? We'll just make shit that sounds like those first two records. Sweet, sweet. It'll just sound slightly better now because it's in the 21st century and we have better technology and shit. <laughs> yeah. So it'll sound a bit cleaner, but it'll still generally be the same shit. Cool? Get it? Got it? Good. Let's go on tour. And that's kind of been the ammo of Bush in the 2010s. The Matrix came out in 1999, didn't it? It sure did. Yeah, man. I have a theory. (sighs) You think they were gunning? Gunning for a a soundtrack? What do you mean? What do you mean? They got (laughs) the Chub soundtrack. Aim for the Matrix. And 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 if you miss, you'll land in the Chub. (laughs) This song just seems like it has a green filter run over it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's not an unfair assumption. I I can feel... um, Neo doing like a slow motion turn away from the camera and pulling a gun out of his trench coat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Classic Neo. He's always doing that. <laughs> ne- ne- Neo. <laughs> Neos love to turn slowly away from the camera and pull guns from their trench coats. They just love it. They should do it faster because <laughs> you shoot better. Because look, yeah. look out. Here comes Agent Smith. Uh oh. <laughs> classic line from The Matrix. Remember when Morpheus yeah. said that? Uh, so. As we've discussed, there is a recurring trend of artists that we talk about uh, ending up back in the current zeitgeist of 2019. The hottest oh, bump. No. Oh, hottest no. bump. Did it's we, a blessing we, and a curse. Did we bump the excellent Kevin Rossdale? You sure as shit did. Push it back. They have a new album coming out this year, and they have a new song featured in a movie that is currently in cinemas. The Matrix 5. Close. Also starring Keanu Reeves. John Wick no 3. No way. Yeah, they have a brand new song in the soundtrack for John Wick 3. I'm sick of being this kind of prophetic I thought I genius. thought nothing could make me not up for seeing John Wick 3, but <laughs> that comes close. I'm very excited to hear this new song. The new album, funnily enough, is called The Mind Plays Tricks on You. Oh, my God. Yeah. Say we will about the mind. But. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in our heads. Gavin oh. Rossdale is absolutely he's in our heads. free in our damn heads. <laughs> This is this is Gavin Rossdale's world, people. We're just living in it. Oh yikes! It's just so like everything about this song and the band Bush, and particularly, <laughs> it's just so oh, uninspired. Bush like, I fucking love Bush. But, like everything yeah, this in this song, not, not particularly my style. Th- there's no spark in any of the yeah, elements no, of this no, song. No, no, this doesn't fuck. Like, this doesn't fuck. The idea behind, like, of Gavin what Rossdale the song's fucks, about, but this song doesn't. The production choices. It's just like nah. But it's a real like Like you're saying You have the two albums And it's like A a good Chilling reminder That bands go on After you stop Giving a shit about them Oh yeah totally And every now and then They'll come back up And haunt you in a podcast But yeah Bush Mate just Just try thinking Of interesting ideas (laughs) And then before you're Picking up the guitar And buying the cheap sequencer He's trying his best, okay? <laughs> I, don't, I, I hope not. <laughs> or maybe don't piss out all your excellence. Uh, <laughs> that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for letting us bring a bit of bush to FBI. <laughs> Come on, guys. They've got a new album coming out. Get around them. Support 
independent music. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Before we get out of here, we're going to pick Just up yeah. bumping some really like exciting local band. Yeah, then, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry guys. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, we're going to pick up favorites, our least favorites, and continue that ever continuing story of carryover champ and carryover chump. All right, so uh, for this week, I'm going to go with coffee and TV for my favorite. And yeah, you know what? I'm going to give it my new carryover champ because it is a fucking great song. Uh, Least favorite, I guess I have to give it to Bush, but carryover chump remains. Sun is shining. Yes, my favorite uh, is The Living End, uh, West End Riot. My champ, though, still remains from the Roms. We're going out tonight. Mm -hmm. Least favorite Bush, chump easily. The Bob Marley remix, Sun is shining. Mm. Least favorite Bush. Yeah, well, it ain't the bush you've, we know and love. You changed. No, this is no bush changed. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. my, my mistake. Favorite, I'll give it to West End Riot. Though, mm-hmm. though, bigger than Tino is a really lovely discovery. Yeah, yeah. Great just, track. Do you want to give it a go? Oh, not really. Okay, uh, it my, sounds like it would. It looked like it hurt. That didn't hurt that much. <laughs> Cow talk. Um, Andrew, I'll, Andrew I'll talked keep, it up too much. I'll keep sex laws as uh, my champ. Um, my least favorite is Bush, but I will keep every morning as my chomper. Okay. Um, yeah, my favourite was Coffee and TV. It is not better than Sex Laws. Still horny on Maine. Which brings me neatly to my least favourite song from this episode, which was Bush also. Uh, and say what you will, Gavin Rossdale Fox, but he doesn't cry afterwards, unlike mm. Ben Harper, who is still my current chump. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Oof>. Seamless. <laughs> Great job, everyone. Yeah. Alright, we will kick into 45 through to 41 in next week's episode. But until then, on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison, Bye. Mr. Adam Boncho. Ciao, and I can say that because I'm half Italian. Hey, there we go. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> made it through the whole episode. Mr. Without Andrew- being cancelled, yeah, I'm good. Mm, Mr. Andrew McDonald. Adios! <laughs> <laughs> and Mr. Gavin Rostell. My name is David James Young. Everything is good. Oh.